Okay, so we, we met on, on the Twitter uh, over uh, wrestling trading cards, right? We did, Mike. We did. Uh, of our passion for collecting wrestling trading cards. Before we talk about that, because that is definitely something I want to chat with you about, I want to go back to when did your wrestling fandom start? Do you remember? Oh, absolutely, Mike. It is WrestleMania six. It the okay. the Hogan Warrior buildup was my beginning of my fandom. So, what was the first match you saw? I mean, was it just that the build leading up to that, or I believe it was a, a Saturday Night Main Event. Um, I remember seeing clips of the Royal Rumble from '90 with when it ended with yeah. and Hogan or. You know, the la- I, were they the last two? I don't know if they were the last two or not in that rumble. No, they weren't the last two, but they they were they, they squared off from the ring where it got down to just the two of them, and it was huge because they're two big baby faces. They'd never faced off before. The crowd was going nuts for it. I mean, I, I remember watching it myself, and, and that feeling that I got as a ten year old watching this match, going like, "Holy cow! Holy cow!" Yeah. You know, like. Hogan and Warrior, they're gonna they're gonna wrestle, they're gonna fight each other, you know, because yeah. it just hadn't happened. Exactly. I, I remember my dad taping a Saturday night main event, and I can't remember yeah, what no. the was, but I remember they did something, and that was like my earliest wrestling memory, Mike. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. And then did I mean watch WrestleMania six live. Oh my gosh. No, uh, yes, that was my first pay-per-view. Yeah, and uh, it w- it's been. Uh, I took a little break in the early two thousands, but it- it's been a love of mine. I just love it. I, you know, I just love it. WrestleMania four was my first pay per view live. I had watched videotapes before then because my dad would rent all the tapes. Yep. WrestleMania four was the first time I saw a pay per view live. So I, I, you know, I-, I get what you mean when you have that first pay per view r- that you watch live. It really stands out, and I've never missed a WrestleMania live since WrestleMania four. Yeah, I, I went. You know, I went from the WrestleMania six to then. I, I didn't get Survivor Series, but that's when the Undertaker debuted, and I remember watching it on scrambled television, and you could hear it, but you couldn't see. It. I remember that memory too. See, I remember. Um, I, I never. The only pay per views my dad ever got was WrestleMania. It wasn't until I was older. And I started getting the pay-per-views myself because I had a job and, you know, I'd give my mom the money when I was living at home. And then when I moved out on my own, when I turned 18, you know, I, I, I just get the pay-per-views in my house, you know, occasionally. But my favorite thing was watching Superstars the week after the pay-per-view or Primetime Wrestling or Raw, whenever the time frame we're talking about. And they'd show the still shots of the pay-per-view. Yeah. And then Try I would the... stop my video story. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, you yeah. know, they'd show those still shots of the action. Yeah, they wouldn't show you the video. I always remembered that, too, you know? Yep. Uh, or they play some audio with still shots, you know, yep. like sounds of Pack to the Ring or the crowd cheering and the commentators commentating or whatever. But uh, And then I just stocked the video store until it uh, came out on home video so I could, I could rent it and watch it. Yeah, you remember that? You'd have to wait months before it came out on video. Yeah, it was a, it's, it's kind of crazy now. And, and I think the... Getting off the wrestling topic real quick. The first time I remember um, a movie coming out at home video, like the fastest release I ever experienced, was the original Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, it 93. came out in the summer in 93, and then by yeah by Christmas, I think it was, yeah, no, 
came out in the summer of 94. And then okay. by October, it was on home video. Because wow. I really, and the reason why I remember this, I actually just looked up the date, but I mean, the reason why I remember this so vividly is because it was still in the theaters while I was on home video at the same time. Really? Wow. Yes. And, and at least in my market, in my area here in Maine, like I, I remember at the theater, you know, the theater in Brunswick and Augusta and everything, they were still showing Jurassic Park. Like four months later, and it came out on home, and it was on home video. So, and I just had never experienced that before. So, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, did you watch any other type of wrestling, or are you just a big WWF fan when you were a kid? Um, you know, I started off with the WWF, and then you know, you find you, you know, you stumble upon Saturday Night WCW. And then you stumble upon like the clash of the champions of WCW, which okay, I thought yeah. was awesome because it was like a pay-per-view on normal television. Yeah. I mean, I love now that. you're in, in the Wisconsin area. Yes. Or the state of Wisconsin. So, so are you Green Bay? Oh, you're in Green Bay. Packers country. Man, I love the Packers. I can look out my I, back I look... and see the stadium. <sighs> That's, That's awesome. I, I'm, I have you ever been to a game there? Oh my gosh, um, it, it's got to be over forty. It's kind of a way of life in Green Bay, man. You, you just go. I'm jealous. I I I love the Packers. I absolutely love the Packers. Uh, Packers and the Patriots, my two favorite teams. I love a lot of fo- I, the only team I hate in football really is the Cowboys, uh, yes. but. I love teams that play outside in the elements. I love teams that play on, like, you know, real grass or at least outside. I can't stand the Saints. Okay. No, not the Saints. The Falcons. Fal- I think it's their field. The Saints or the Falcons. Their dome they play in, their field. I can't stand their field. Just the look of the field on TV makes you want to change the channel. But otherwise, but Lambeau is, is definitely a field, a, 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 a arena venue I want to go see a uh, football game at someday that's that's the, that's the dream it, it, it is special so, you know we take it for granted growing up in green bay here but it is definitely a special and it, it's something to see man oh it's a destination it absolutely is i mean i was at a country concert in lewiston maine several years ago and i was wearing a packer shirt and i was talking to the opening act they were selling their cd and i went to go buy it because i really enjoyed it and I was chatting with them. They're like, oh, you're a Packers fan. I was like, yeah. And they were like, we were just at Lambeau two weeks ago. And I was like, what? Like, oh. even they were just like, yeah. Like, and, and he just gushed and gushed. He couldn't believe it, how excited he was to like, be able to be at the field and, and everything else. So it was just, it was like, yeah, it's, it's a place people want to go to. It's definitely one of those destination fields to, to see a game. You know, and, and the cool part about it is we accept all fans in Green Bay. There's no like, oh, you're a Patriots fan or you're a, you know, a Saints yeah. or whatever, and you know, it, it's a it's an experience. And people around here, we're just normal, nice people, and you'll have a heck of a time. You know, you know, for me, it's amazing because Green Bay is the most unique sports franchise in all of professional sports because they're not owned by a, a single conglomerate or, or entity or person. Yeah. You know, they're owned by the community. Rough, yeah. Phrase it, but you know, like they have people like the board of directors and stuff like that. But yeah, there is no sole owner. Yep. Right. Yeah. Sole proprietorship or whatever. It's it's really amazing, but yeah, it's kind of crazy how that works. You know. 
So, growing up in Green Bay, I mean, you're right outside. You're in the outskirts of AWA territory. So, yep. did you just miss the AWA? I mean, I, I'm not sure how old you are, but it sounds like you're mid 30s. So, did you just miss the AWA? Yeah, you know what? Not in my last, you know, five, ten years, I've, I've, you know, I missed the Hennings flair over there. I missed, you know, Minnesota. I missed all that. You know, I, I just didn't have anybody. You know, back in the day, before you had you know, internet and stuff, you didn't know about that. So yeah, I did miss all the AWA stuff, but I, now in the last 10 years, I'm like, wow, what a wrestling hotbed it was, you know, in the eighties. Oh, 70s. absolutely. It was. Yep. I, uh, cause it's just curious just where your placement, I mean, AWA was huge there. That was definitely going his territories from the sixties through like 91, 92. But in the mid eighties, when wrestling was in its huge boon hotbed, the AWA, they put on some good stuff. Yeah. Until they did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Until they didn't. They got yep. some great stuff on the WWE Network, actually. If you go under, not in the territory section under AWA, they don't have much there. I mean, they have a few shows, but if you go into um, Hidden Gems and then yep. like Rare Complete Shows or whatever the title of that is, but it's Complete Shows, you scroll through there, there's some great AWA shows in there. They're not called AWA. They're called like, they might be called like, um, well, actually, one's called um, Super Clash 4. They have okay. Russell Rock is on there. But they'll have, like, uh, build to Super Clash 3. It'll just be like a two-hour AWA house show that they have a complete recording of that they throw on there. So there's, some, cool. there's some cool AWA gems on the network. So, Well, speaking of, of that, you know, Green Bay is noted for two historic, I guess you could say, uh, wrestling events. Uh, things that happened number one the ultimate warrior debuted in our arena down the road in 88 oh wow yep okay and then number two is uh the nails vince mcmahon confrontation happened here too that's right yes i just heard about i've just they just did that on the i think bruce pritchard's podcast they did an episode on nails okay and uh Nails was huge in the AWA. Well, not huge, but Nails had a good run in the AWA under his name. Kevin Kelly was managed by Medusa. Okay. Yeah. But, no, that's cool. That's actually yeah. really cool. I thought you were going to bring up uh, Ken Anderson or uh, Ken Kennedy. Yep. He, I mean, he's probably he's probably the biggest wrestler from the area, him and Hornswoggle. Yeah. I, I would say Horny probably is a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit, a little bit bigger. But... <laughs> You know, Mr. Anderson, he had his run, and didn't he, uh, what, did he get hit, hit with steroids or, or a substance abuse policy right before his big push or during it? Yeah, he, he got, I don't know what the exact reason was behind it, but yeah, I think he got hit with one of those wellness policy violations. I don't know what the, the violation was, but yeah, he got hit with a couple of those. Yep. Yeah, he started and stalled a couple of times, like when he finally won yep. money in the bank and then he got injured or the wellness policy violation happened so they had him drop the money in the bank briefcase to edge i think and yeah he, yep. he stalled a couple of times and then his run in tna wasn't memorable really no no although i just watched a match of his the other day against the great muda so okay. from tna where did he wrestle muda uh he wrestled muda and tna and impact oh wow i didn't know that wow yeah it's it's on YouTube. I'll try and send you the link later, but I was just kind of 
going on a YouTube journey now. And, oh, the great Muda against uh, Mr. A- Mr. Anderson from Impact. I think it was during one of their like World Cup things or maybe one night only pay-per-views, USA versus the world, but, or USA versus Japan. But, yeah, Muda Russell Kennedy. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, any, going back to your wrestling childhood, so you were a WWF fan. You were an uh, NWA fan or a World Championship Wrestling fan. Uh, did you ever watch any ECW? Did that not make it your way? Or were you I, I out of it then? One of the pay-per-views, I believe it was in 99. I can't remember which one it was. And then when, um, you know those magazines, the WOW magazines, World of Wrestling? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, World of Wrestling. Yep. That was kind of my introduction when they came out with an ECW magazine in 99. Yep. I remember those. I mean, watching that stuff, I mean, Taz was just a, you know, just a badass, man. I, I love Oh, him. man. You know, it's funny, you, you know, when Taz went to WWE or WWF or whatever, and he came out for Royal Rumble against Kurt Angle, I remember watching that live, and he got a huge pop in the garden, and then he beat Angle, you know, gave Angle his first loss. But it's funny because you listen to Taz later, and he goes, when he got that huge pop, up, he went, well, my career's over because they didn't make me here, and so I'm not going to go anywhere. And he didn't. I mean, exactly. unfortunately. I just read that, too, not too long ago that when he came out, he wanted everybody to boo him, but that pop was crazy. And I didn't know it was Angel's first loss, but yeah, you know, Vince Vince has a thing. If, if you're not a made WWE guy, it's it, you got it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's, it's really infuriating to me because, like, they bring in someone like AJ Styles in the Royal Rumble, huge pop, and then like, you know, they have him lose to Jericho at Mania. What, Jericho doesn't need a win over AJ Styles. Jericho's a star. I mean, AJ Styles needs to be built for the audience that's here. But I think this is what pisses me off with WWE is lately is they'll they do this like with the the NXT is they'll bring somebody in, uh, and and then they have to break them down and build them back up because they weren't a wwe creation so we got to break them down and job them out and make them nothing and then we can build them back up and say see the star we made you and they even do that when the nxt a lot of the nxt talent comes up from nxt to the quote-unquote main roster back in the day they would do the same thing to their own talent so it just always infuriated me you know the guy who gets me the most currently is ricochet yep i mean what is going on that guy yeah, was a uh, Yeah. No, he was, he was, uh, I don't know. I saw him at an indie show here in Maine and against uh, Matt Seidel, actually. And they had a pretty stellar match. And, but to see those guys, yeah, to see Ricochet come in with all the fanfare he came in, had a great run in NXT, and then they bring him up to the main roster. And then it's funny because I just saw a tweet that he posted today, which said, uh, like, uh, before you start talking trash about why I'm on main event, maybe you should watch the show. There's some really good matches over there, you know? And it's just like, well, I don't know. But, yeah. I get the money is great, but, yeah. I mean, I don't understand all the, the last, I don't know, you could almost say 10 years of all these starts and stops and, and you know, yeah. the storylines are convoluted some, most of the time and, yeah, it's just, you know, I, I enjoy AEW, though, man. 
Oh, I love AEW. I, I, I had tickets to a show of theirs in April, and it got postponed to August, and I'm now I'm guessing it's either going to get postponed or canceled again because they're not. it's in Boston, and the mayor of Boston is not allowing any uh, public uh, events uh, through Labor Day, and my show is supposed to be August 5th, so I'm guessing it'll get postponed or canceled. But I, I, I'm a big fan of AEW. I, I enjoy their product and what they're doing. It gives you like a old school kind of you know WCW ish feel, you know. I, it I really it. does. It feels like a Southern wrestling promotion. It absolutely feels like a Southern wrestling promotion, without it being um, campy like WCW was near the end. You know what yep. I mean? Oh yeah, the, the the train wreck of ninety late ninety nine and two thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. So you uh, you grew up on on the pay per views. I mean, on WWF. Uh, like we said, WCW. You got into ECW through the magazine. When, you, when was your introduction to independent wrestling? Like, when did you realize that there was like minor leagues of wrestling or independence or? Well, around here we have um, ACW. Um, it's uh, independent around here. I can't remember what the acronym stands for. But I went to a few of their shows, like um, when they'd have a star or something come. I believe it was like 2000, Brutus Beefcake came. Um, Ken Kennedy came. Uh, they had Raven one time. So I, I go to, we go to local shows. but um, And then they have this big thing about 50 miles from here in Oshkosh. And it's uh, the Watertown Con. And, I mean, they have, they have a lot of people there now. It's just started about three years ago. But they had Bret Hart, Mark Henry, Jeff Jarrett, Sandman. I have a Kindle stick signed by Sandman, which is pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yep. Um, yeah, so it, it's hit or miss. But, you know, probably in the last three, four years, I've really started to, you know, open my eyes to the whole independent scene. I mean, uh, I remember watching Ricochet uh, versus Will Ospreay. That match, I, I, it was New Japan, I believe, I think, maybe. Yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, Best of the Super Juniors. Yep, 2000, what, 16 or 17? 16, I believe. 16, and I'm like, holy macro, man. I mean, you know, I went years just watching WWE because, you know, you have kids and stuff like that. And I just watched WWE and I just got kind of lapsed, you know. I got lapsed with watching WWE and it just opened my eyes to... And now I'm, you know, GCW is phenomenal stuff. And, you know, I, I, I hope this uh, pandemic stuff doesn't kill off any of these good promotions. Like, you got Limitless up by you, you know, and it sounds like they're a, yep. a heck of an indie promotion, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, before Limitless, we had some other smaller indies and like IWE and some others. And a lot of them were the same wrestlers, just different three letters called for the name of the company. Yep. And, yep. um, in 2016, we got Limitless Wrestling, and it was just like, actually 2015 maybe even. Holy cow, it's been that long. Yeah, it has been that long. Yeah, September 2015, we got Limitless Wrestling, and it was just like, here we go. Holy shit, like it was a whole new ball game. We got, you know, the, the talent that Randy brings in, and and they were just on a big, long run. And, um, you know, hopefully, I you know, Rand, you know, I've talked to Randy a little bit, and, you know, he's he's – He's waiting. He can't wait for him to be able to run a show again so we can ramp back up. But I think I think the fan base up here 
is so uh, ravenous for the product that when he announces a show again and he can run a show again, I mean, I don't think there's going to be any issue with him selling tickets and then people going. How far away is it from you? Well, it depends on where they run. When they're running down in, in Falmouth, it's like 45 minutes. Okay. 40 minutes, you know. Uh, when, they, when, they, when they were running in Portland, uh, when they're running in Westbrook, it was about an hour. Same thing when they ran the show in Portland. But when they first started up in Orono, that's an uh, hour and a half. Oh, wow. But it was worth it. I mean, I went up. He's me and my buddy Mikey went up January of uh, 2016. And had a Will Ospreay, uh, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr. against Chris Hero in the main event. I think oh. we paid 10 bucks for front row. It was Limitless's like third or fourth show. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just, he somehow kind of fell into getting Zack Sabre Jr. Where Zack was uh, on a three month tour of the States and he was being brought in to shows in Massachusetts and in Rhode Island. And those promoters contacted Randy, like, hey, do you want to split the fare for Zack Sabre Jr. up here? And and, you know, Randy was like, yeah, hell yeah. I'll, you know, he's, it was, that was like his big chance, the chance he took. And so we did. And, uh, and then about, a, you know, so then he announced Zach. And then about a month later, um, I guess Chris Hero contacted Randy. And he says, like, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Um, I, you know, I know you got a show going on. Didn't know if you, you know, you could use me. And <laughs> Randy was like. Do you like to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr.? And apparently Chris Hero was like, fuck yeah. So all of a sudden now we got the yeah. And it, it's just crazy to see. And, and we got a blizzard that night. So it took like three hours to drive home. But uh, I don't <laughs> care. It was worth it. We know about blizzards here too. But see, now that's the thing. Around here, the promotions, they don't bring in the the hot prospects. You know, they, they have, like you said, the same guys under a different acronym. And, you know, I love... You know, I get that you got to support indie wrestling, but when I bring my son in and he's getting bored because it's, a, you know, it's the same guys, but when you push it and you bring in Sabre and you bring in Hero or you bring in a Ricochet or something like that, you know, that brings the people. But, you know, what can you do? I guess the closest place I can go is Milwaukee or Chicago would be my hotbed of indie wrestling. Yeah. yeah. How far is that for you for a drive? I'm not. I, I mean, I can um, picture it on a map. It seems far. Uh, Milwaukee's like, you know, two hours, and, and Chicago, you're probably adding another hour just to go another 40 miles, so three hours or so. It's not too bad. You know, here, f- funny side story real quick. My favorite baseball team is the Boston Red Sox, of course, because yep. you know, I'm, I'm in Maine, and who doesn't like the Red Sox? Second favorite team, Milwaukee Brewers. There you go. There you go. I, I think it's because I think the What's main that? reason is because I listen to the games on the internet radio, and yep. so I can listen to Bob Euchre call the games. Oh. And I just love listening to Bob Euchre call the games, and that's what made me a fan of the team. Cool, cool. Here's a, here's a, here's another side story. Me and my wife took our honeymoon to Boston. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we spent a week in Boston. We're, so where'd you where'd you where'd you where'd you stay in Boston or? It was right in Boston, kind of the business district. Um, the what's that market? Quincy Market. Quincy Market. We went whale watching. We went to Cheers. We went to. Oh, yeah. uh, we wanted to hit a Patriots game, but it didn't work out. But uh, went to a couple comedy clubs and stuff like that. It was a heck of a time. That's when I was. 
I was big into the Red Sox too back when we got married in 09. So went to a game of Red Sox. Say, what year? Yep. What's up? I said I was just about to ask what year it was. You just said 2009. So. Yeah, yep. We uh, went to a, we sat in some nice seats there and uh, went to went to the did the tour. And a crazy thing is, do you remember the movie The Town? Oh yeah. They actually were filming the scene where that um, the bank was it an ambulance or a bank car crashes out of Fenway. Yes. Yeah. And they crashes had, into Fenway. Yep. Yes, and they had that street blocked off, and we watched them film that. Oh, that's cool! Oh, yucky way. That's cool. Exactly, and so that's, that's kind of like awesome. it, it. It was sweet to see, man. That is actually that's really awesome. Yep. Going cool. back up a little bit, so it was uh, lim- that Limitless show, January thirtieth, two thousand sixteen. Just to, uh, here's what's kind of funny to me, or whatever. On this card, there was you know ten matches, roughly. Opening match was Ace Romero against A.R. Fox. And Ace Romero is A.C. Romero in in Impact Wrestling now. Yep. Um, In in the second match, we had a fatal four-way. One of the teams involved was Private Party, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, who's in AEW now. Yep. Uh, Let's see. And then, yeah, the main event, of course, Zack Sabre Jr. and Chris Hero. That's crazy. That's super cool. If you go through these Limitless shows from back in 2016 and all the way up to 2018 and 19, I mean, like, a lot of the the core people that he used a lot, like, when they were, quote-unquote, younger coming up through, you know, like Private Party, um, but also, like, Donovan Dijak, who's Donovan Dijakovic now or whatever in WWE, or um, uh, John Silver and, and Alex Reynolds, the Beaver Boys, who are now part of the cult there in AEW. Yep. Dark Order. Dark Order. So, I mean, like, I mean, we're just lucky for us here because, like, just Randy has an eye, you know, to see the, the this talent and bring them in who, like, you know, oh, um, EYFBO or LAX, whatever you want to call them, you know, Proud and Powerful that are in AEW now. I mean, they, they were on a bunch of Limitless shows. So, you know, I, I just, I feel very lucky we have this. I'm going to call him a kid because I think he just turned 22. And so we started promoting shows when he was 17. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's I mean, crazy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy as hell that we have Limitless Wrestling here in, in Maine. So. so the guy who runs Limitless is 22 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing, Mike. Yeah, he... He started, he started uh, with IWE as a ring announcer when he was, like, 13, I want to say. Okay. And, um, and he just, like, he rang and announced for that. He was a ring announcer for them for a few years. And, and then he did some commentary for a couple of promotions down in Connecticut. And he just had some really supportive parents. And, and we would shoot the shit with him all the time, like, during an admission or before the show or whatever. Me and my, my buddies and everything. And, and Randy was just, like, in his mind, he, he knew what he thought good wrestling was and what he wanted to bring. To wrestling and so he's like i'm gonna run my own show and i was like randy i'll support you i'll go to your shows and yep. i started you know in bangor Orioles a draw you know an hour and a half to go to an indie show like you know there, there's promotions that run shows up there and i look at the ticket and it's like i love wrestling i want to go as much wrestling as i can i'm not driving an hour and a half to watch shit wrestling i'll drive 45 yeah. minutes you yep. pay pay 10 bucks watch shitty wrestling hope i get one good match but i'm not gonna drive an hour and a half you know uh um, yep. 
So your introduction to independent wrestling was later in your wrestling fandom with these uh, just in the last few years then. Yeah, because uh, I spent a lot of my time, you know, we're going to get to the collecting cards thing, but I, I did a lot of baseball yeah. collecting and football being yeah. with the Packers down the road. I did a lot of football. And then I, yeah. you know, I bought a cane card with an event used chair in it one day on eBay. And that was the first wrestling card I bought. It was a like a 01 Fleer uh, event used chair. And it just started a love that I'm like, this is what I need to be collecting, Mike. You know? When was that? Do you remember? Like what year? That was roughly 2010, 2010. Oh. So about 10 years you've been diehard collecting wrestling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So um, before... Before, um, before we get on the cards, just have you been to, remember when your first time you went to a live show was? Uh, the first live show, like we went. For it, your first live wrestling. It had to be right around 91, and I believe it was the WWF B Tour because Savage was the headliner and Hogan wasn't there. That would probably have been my first show. But my best show was, uh, I remember the date, it was February 24th, 2014, in the arena in Green Bay here. It was the night the, the network launched. And um, they had oh, the really? Yes, yes. So as soon as Raw got over that night, you could go home and sign up for the network. So I signed up for it after Raw that night. Nice. Yep. And yes, that was I myself the network subscriber since day one gotcha i'm one of those guys that okay. have it get rid of it have it get rid of it kind of thing but no that night they had hogan pumping the promo on the network and then they had lesnar yeah. and uh undertaker i believe it was a contract signing for mania i want to say nice so real quick the show What's you went to like? was at the arena in 91. Was the show you went to in 91 at the Brown County Arena? It was. Okay. Um, this is my one of my habits I have or passions or whatever. So was it December 30th, 1991? Gosh, it, you know, we I got we got tickets. I have six half brothers and they, they got us all tickets. And it was right after Christmas, ma'am. Who who was the main event? Okay, so you went to December thirty. I'm I'm gonna tell you. Right. So this is what you got. You got matches the Mountie defeating Jim Brunzel, and then you got the Beverly Brothers against the Rockers, the Undertaker against Jim Duggan. Wow. The, oh, you got the Road Warrior Animal against Typhoon. Okay. The Snake Robert in the main event. Okay. Yeah. And I can remember running down to the barricade and, and I hit Macho Man's hand. Oh, nice. Yep. So that's a pretty stacked card. That's a pretty yep. stacked card. I mean, you got the Mountie, you got the Rocker, you got the Undertaker, Road Warrior Animal. You know, Boston, I was supposed to see my first ever show was in 89. 
And I was supposed okay. to see Jake Roberts against Ted DiBiase, but uh, Ted DiBiase, Jake Roberts was not on the card, but they had the American Dream Dusty Rhodes replace him. So I, I, it's, I, I'm not going to complain about him. No, I, not I, met, complain. I met Jake once at a, a baseball game and got his autograph on the, the bag. Remember his Hasbro snake in the bag? You got yeah, me, Mike? I remember that one. I, yep. Jake, I, got the, I got the bag sign. I met Jake at a indie show in Orlando, Florida, in 2008 during the weekend. I went down to Orsamia 24, an indie show, and he was in one of his uh, parts when he was. And I got my picture taken with him, and I got him to sign an old uh, WWF card from 80. It was one of the Opeachy cards for the okay. Superstar Series from 87. Mm-hmm. 88, yep. 86, yeah. Yep, 87, oh. I think. Yeah, yep. So he, he was awesome. I love Jake Snake, man. Yeah. So that's a pretty great first show to go to. I mean, that's a stacked card, great lineup. And then you look back at some of those. I mean, I never saw the Rockers wrestle as a team in person. I saw Marty Jannetty on his own. I saw Shawn Michaels on his own. But I never saw him as the Rockers. So that's awesome. Yeah, I never I never seen. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Was cool. I, I you know, I, I have very little memories of it, but I remember Macho Man. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those things stand out. Did you ever go to a WCW show? Never did. You know, the whole NWO time, I never went to a live show. But I have buddies that are like, "Yeah, this guy was here in town," and I'm like, "No way!" And I, you know, I just never went to a live show of WCW. Uh, any other, like, do you ever go to Ring of Honor, any other big promotions before going to Indies, or you just stuck to WWE, and then you started hitting up Indies a few years ago? Well, my biggest my biggest indie show, I guess you could call it, was I, I, was, I sat second row for All In in 2018. Oh, shut up. That's awesome. Yeah, man. That's it's crazy. It's crazy. How did you get those tickets, though? I mean, did you have okay. to? Were you lucky to buy them on on sale day? Did you have to aftermarket them? I did not aftermarket them. I got them on the sale day, and it was crazy. I had my iPad, I had my phone going. My wife had her phone going until she was home from work that day, and yeah. it, the I mean, the clouds parted, and we ended up with three <laughs> second row tickets. So me, my wife, and my five year old went. That's awesome. It was amazing. So obviously your wife is a wrestling fan. Um, she, she puts up with it, you know, I, <laughs> I wish mean, not. My wife, my wife went to one uh, WWF show at the Augusta Civic Center. And unfortunately it wasn't even that great of a show, but she went with me and my son. Um, this is before I, yeah, we had just gotten married actually. And she goes, well, I went to that. Now I never have to go again. So that was uh, her take on wrestling see this is you know this is my first podcast i ever did mike and i you know i get after you asked me to do it you know i i talked to them and she's like do it you never get to talk about the wrestling it was super cool yeah so but anyways back to all in <laughs> I, I actually yeah. caught okay the briscoes were uh in uh the pre it started at five o'clock it was like the pre-show sure so they came down to the ring and i uh, i believe it was Jay threw his bandana in the stands, and I caught that. Sweet. And then 
we sat in the second row and right in front of us was John Mayer. Oh, that's hilarious. It was crazy. My wife is like, like, you know, about four seats to the right from me. She's like, Tony, Tony, that looks like John Mayer. Sure. Sure. Shit. It was uh, Paul Shear, John Mayer, and a guy from Barstool Sports. Oh, that's funny. It was, they were at a uh, bachelor party. But the other thing I caught when Lanny Poffo came out with um, Jay Lethal, he threw like four uh, Frisbees in the, in the crowd. And a guy in front of us caught it and gave it to my son. And then. Um, poem on the Frisbee? What's that? Was there a poem on the Frisbee? There is. It's, it's yellow and red, and there is no, po- there is no poem on it, man. That's There's no too bad. Back in the yep. day, he would read a poem before his matches, and then he'd throw the frisbees in the crowd, and they had the poem on them. Yep, yep. I remember. That's he, awesome. See, I remember him with perfect. Yep. Oh, as the genius. Yep, as a genius. Yes. Yeah. No, I remember yeah. watching him on Superstars and job matches where he'd recite a poem before the match and throw the the, the frisbees in the crowd. I actually have his book. Okay. Because he released a he released a book of his poems, and I used to get a kick out of him when I was a kid. And I saw it on I saw it like this was twenty years ago at least now that I bought this, and oh. I was just like that. You know what? That's nostalgic for me. I want that, so I bought it, and uh, I you know, I bought it from Poffo online. And when I when I got it, he had autographed it, and Savage and his brother autographed it as well. Oh, so that's no, my man. only Randy Savage autograph. Wow. That's yeah. super cool, man. Yeah, that's my only Randy Savage autograph is is the, in his brother's book. And he wrote Macho Man Randy Savage. And I was like, and then I saw Puff at an indie show here in Maine a few years ago, and I brought it with me, and I wanted to ask him, is this legitimately, you know, Randy's autograph? And he's like, oh, yes. And he told me the story of how he ordered the books and got them in. And his brother was like, let me sign some of those. For the fans, nope. and so they sat and they signed all the books together. So when he sold them, he thought he made help his brother sell more books. That is super cool. I I, I have uh the cards. I have his WCW autograph. The Macho oh, Man. Oh well, yeah, from it's from that uh, Nitro set, right? It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. That's a badass set. It, it is a super Second cool set. All in. What's that? I was just saying second row for all in. That's awesome. It, it was crazy, man. I mean, you know, it sold out in, I forget how many minutes, 31 or Half something like hour. that. Like, uh, I yeah. mean, when the dust settled, it was crazy that we got second row seats, you know? I remember, uh, what was it? I was, I bought tickets for New Japan Pro Wrestling at Madison Square Garden, the G1 Supercard that they had in last year, yep. WrestleMania weekend. Yep. And we kind of ran, like, we went to, online to buy tickets, and I put three best available, and it gave me front row of the balcony. Oh, wow. Because they sold out in, like, 15 minutes or whatever it was. So I bought them, and then I went back in because I thought, well, I bought, I'm going to buy them and, and secure them. And then I went back in because my thought was, like, maybe I can get better seats, and they they just they were gone. Oh, that, that happened. Well, you know, we went to All In, and then when they – they did uh double or nothing in Vegas. Was that last year? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we, last the, year. those tickets were gone in like, you know, I sat in the, 
the queue and they were already gone, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, I was gonna, my buddy and I, we were going to go for, even though SummerSlam is in bought was, well, okay, this is back before all COVID of course, but SummerSlam being in Boston, that Ooh. same Saturday night, new Japan was going to be back at Matt. At the square garden. Okay. And my buddy who lives down in Matt, I grew up with, he was like, he's like, I want to go to the garden again. I want to go see new Japan at the garden. And I want to try and get front row this time. And um, so that's actually, even though we live closer to Boston, we were going to go to the garden for uh, New Japan again. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, going to Madison Square Garden was a bucket list thing for me. The first time I went was 2018 for a WWF house show. And we actually go WWE house show. And it was a big one. We actually got like Brock Lesnar against Kane, against Braun Strowman in a triple threat. So, I mean, we got some big names on the show. But I was just excited to be at Madison Square Garden because when I was a kid growing up watching WWF, I mean, they always talked about how the garden was the mecca. It's where all the big things happen. And it was just, that was a bucket list. And, and you get to go two years in a row, I couldn't believe it. Um, do you have any bucket list arenas you've always wanted to go to or have you checked them off? Um, you know, the one that I always wanted to go to was Fenway Park, you know, and we hit that during the honeymoon. But, um, you know, the garden, you know, seeing, I don't, I don't know if I would go to a, a WWE, well, they, I don't even think they hit the garden, do they anymore? Or do they hit just Jersey now? Oh, no, they just did TV at the garden for the first time in forever last August. But they usually do two shows a year at the garden. They do one in the summer and one around Christmas. But they just do okay. house shows. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I used to, I used to have a bucket list of hitting WrestleMania one time, but I think I'd yeah. rather go to the AEW show again. I mean, that I mean, all in was from for five hours. My wife, my five year old, and I were just on the edge of our seat. It was it was it brought it really brought me back to my childhood, man. When last year, my buddy Jay and my buddy Mikey, um buddy jay i've known for over 20 years we went to high school together he lives down in mass now my buddy mikey i actually met just going to local indie shows but we've been friends now for i don't know nine ten years i I would i would imagine but last year we went down to new york for um wrestlemania weekend and we didn't go to a single wwf wwe event we went to russell con we went to the g1 show at Madison square garden we went to the triple a press conference at Madison square garden um I, i wrote all about this on my blog uh, going into detail about everything, but you know, we we went to tons of shows. I think we went to like seven wrestling shows, and we went to the WrestleCon event, met all kinds of people, and we didn't do a single WWF thing at all. As a matter of fact, on Sunday, the day of WrestleMania, we went. We took the train from New York back to Providence, where my buddy's girlfriend picked us up, and then we went back to his house and we watched WrestleMania at his house on his couch. See, that, that's so, something I would do, too. I get what you mean about I, – I love WWE. I grew up watching it. But at this point, the way that I, – I would rather go to a big show like AEW or go to that Russell Khan event or whatever, you know? Like, I was just talking to Mikey tonight, and my next thing that I want to try to do next year is I want to go to the ECW Arena for a show. Like, I want to check that off the list. Ooh, that would be nice, too, hey? Yeah, yeah, I want to do that. So well, now speaking of historic venues, didn't they just uh, knock down the Legion Hall for uh, PWG? They did, yeah, and I just, I can't believe it, but yeah, they did. 
Yeah, I just seen that tweet not too long ago. Then, like within the last couple of weeks, eh? I'm surprised the young bucks didn't use their AEW money and buy the building themselves. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, because I mean that has become a historic venue. I mean, I watch PWG now at the the ballroom they're doing it at or whatever, and it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the matches are good. There was just something about that allure of the Legion Hall. Same thing with the ECW arena. Same, you know, and anyone that grew up in the Memphis area wanting to go to the Mid South Coliseum, or if you lived in Dallas, you wanted to go to the Sportatorium. Or the Army in Atlanta, like all these historic buildings. Yep, that was that was the uh, American Legion in Reseda for PWG. You know, I'm I'm looking at my PWG shelf in my office right now, and I mean the the list of names that have been through that place is nothing. It's crazy. Oh yeah, no, I mean that's it is crazy. I've Tickets go on sale and they're sold out in minutes, you know? Yep. So it's, I mean, it's good for them. Exactly. It's it's amazing to me that they don't stream their shows anywhere. You know, you can either have to be there or you have to buy the DVD if you want to watch it. I get a lot of the older shows are on High Spots Network now, but still, I mean, anything newer, you got to buy the DVD if you want to watch it. Well, like uh, last year, they didn't have a card set. And I heard through a source that uh, whoever runs PWG didn't like doing any promotion like that, you know? That's why they didn't have a tart set. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to Brian, and basically he said the same thing. Like, they kind of asked him not to, basically, is what I heard. And yep. and it's like, okay. You know, I mean, I, I get it. They have their niche of what they're doing, and, and that's cool and all, but. But, you know, I'm happy to listen to Excalibur on AEW because Excalibur, to me, is, you know, his voice, him calling matches, like, it's, it's he's right up there with me when listening to Gordon Soley or, you know, for Florida or NWA or Lance Russell or Jim Ross or Tony Schiavone or, you know, he, he's up there for me, you know, Joey Styles and ECW with, you know, he, he marks a generation of, of wrestling fans yep. in his commentary, you know. That is good company to be in right there. I'd say so. Yeah. So, you are a huge sport card collector. You say you got into baseball and football. You bought your first cane card. What 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 is it about trading cards that allures to you? Oh man, I've I've been collecting cards for you know thirty. I think I started right around eighty eight, eighty nine, just collecting stuff. Yep. And, uh, it's it's a crazy passion of mine, Mike, and it, it's all. All my autographs have to be on carts. For yeah. some reason, it has to be on a three and a half by two and a half piece of cardboard, man. No, I get it. I, I used to get eight by tens, and I was just like, and for me, it was just like, oh, well, like, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't as fun to me or wasn't as cool as getting trading card signed. For whatever reason, getting a trading card signed was way better than buying an eight by ten. I, you know, if they want me to pay to have them sign it, I'm fine with that. But I would rather, you know, like I remember Bundy being like, I was like, how much to sign my card? He's like, well, if you buy an 8 by 10 I'll sign your card for free. I'm like, well, how much an 8 by 10 He's like, 10 bucks. I was like, how about I give you 10 bucks and you just keep your 8 by 10 because I, I don't want it. I just want my card signed. And he was like, 5 bucks. I'll sign your card. And I was like, all right, that's fine for me. There you go. You know, but one of those things, I'm, so I'm right there with you. Um, do you collect sets or are you a 
Like what, what, what is your collecting habit? What is it you, you do? What do you look for? Um, Everyone's I, I enjoy getting the autographs of their first autograph certified out of a pack. That's probably my main okay. goal. But I also dab certified autograph collector. I, I, you know, I try to get if if they have a certified autograph, I want the first certified autograph. Okay. So, um, like for the Undertaker, he has a '94 Action Pack autograph, but I prefer the 2001 Fleer War Booty on card autograph. Okay. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin's his first autograph is from 2001, and that's on card and numbered to 500. Um, what else do I got? I got a lot. Of, what's that? You have one, I'm assuming. I do. I do. I actually, it, it was a redemption card. I actually have a redemption card that wasn't redeemed, and I have in Austin. I've had you know quite a few, and this is the one, the best shape that I have. One that's in pretty good shape. So. Nice. But I, I also, you know, like that, like we were talking before about the WCW, the 98. Oh, that set, that set you had was pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, you got your first autograph. So, you know, Kurt Henning, Eddie Guerrero, Miss Elizabeth, Goldberg, Sting, Macho Man. I mean, it's it's a who's who, you know. I only have two of those. Okay, which ones do you have? Two of those. I, okay, so I have Scott Putsky, which I don't remember where I got or how I got it, but I have it. Okay. So I don't have a great story behind that. And I have okay. a penis. Oh, wow. Okay. The Mike Enos one I got because I mailed him some trading cards, a couple of Beverly Brothers ones, to ask him to sign them for me. And yep. in my letter I wrote that, you know, I, I think it's a damn shame they never had uh, – that you never had. I said, I think it's a shame that you never had a WCW card except for the, you know, the official autographed one when they released in '98. In that, yep. in that '98 set, and I said, and I just think it's a shame they never had an AWA set for you. You know, you and and Wayne Bloom as the Destruction Crew or something like that. So I just commented that, you know, that was it. And then when I got my cards back signed in the mail, um, he didn't send a letter or anything. I just opened the envelope, and there were the two Beverly Brother cards I signed him, and there was one of those. Mike Enos and uh, 98 WCW cards. That's super cool. That's a cool story, Mike. Yeah. So that's, 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 those are the two I have. I think the Scott Putsky one my buddy had, and he just kind of got out of collecting stuff and he asked me if I wanted it now that I think about it. But anyhow, um, but yours, I mean, do you, I can't, I apologize for not knowing this. Do you have the complete set yet? No, no. I actually, I kept all the good ones, like the, the expensive ones, and I sold off most of my mid-tier to lower-tier guys to other guys that are building the set, like on Twitter, like Wes Moore and stuff like that. I helped those okay. guys. I kept, uh, right. you know, the, the, the Hall of Famers. Yep, I get what you're saying. Now, do but, you collect other card sets for the collecting sets? Like our buddy Armand, you know, he collects sets of cards like he collects signed cards as well but i mean like he wants you know complete sets of cards is that you like a base set yeah no i don't i don't do much in the base sets i'm i'm mainly a a hit guy you know i, I buy the yeah you know um 
Like, for instance, I have uh, last year, you know, Transcendent came out. I have a Vince out of there, which is pretty cool to me. It's special to me. Yep, I believe so, it. Yep. And then I, I have Ricochet's 2018 Tops uh, certified card, a 101, only one in the world. That's oh, super that's cool. awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. And I have, uh, I'm looking at him right now, uh, Ultimate Warrior, um, a Donruss card from 2007. It's numbered out of fifty, and it has a piece of his uh, piece of the trunks from a match worn match worn trunks in it. Oh, that's kinda, really. Yeah, there's only fifty of those, and it, it's it's a nice card. And then uh, what other? I cool don't see many of those hits like that. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I just, you know, I got in Okada. Uh, his autograph came out. Let me see here, two thousand. 17 i have it numbered out of three so there's only three in the world kenny omega uh it was the leaf sports hero oh the leaf ones okay yeah yep Yep. and if in in my collection i'm i'm picky because if it's on a sticker it has the signature has to be all the way on the sticker it can't run off the sticker i won't buy it yeah, I don't blame you there because it's funny how they did that. How they went from having them sign the actual physical card to having them sign sheets of stickers. Because if you ever listen to um, Major Figs podcast, you know um, Zach Ryder and and Kurt Hawkins, aka Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Yep, I, I have, I have. Okay, so I remember Kurt Hawkins was talking about that. He had signed for tops like a thousand stickers. Yep. And someone showed him a card that came out. He'd never seen it before and never heard of it. And what it was is Topps had some extra sheets of his autograph stickers lying around. So they just stuck them on some, they just made another card in another set. They had no idea about. Yeah. And this is my theory as to why they started doing them on stickers instead of sending the cards. Because Zack Ryder admitted that he did this. Topps would send him like a box of cards to sign for the authentic autographs. And yep. in them would be like, the limited edition one of one and he would yep. keep it. Yep. Yep. Which I think is kind of a dick move. That is, that is kind of a dick move, you know, you know, but he would keep it. So I can see why they switched to stickers, quite frankly. Well, um, I mean, it's an easier thing because they can have him sign a thousand stickers at one time and use yep. it for, you know, a few years of release. You know? Yep, use them for years, and now they don't have to worry about the wrestlers keeping the those rare cards for themselves. You know, they're letting them get out there to the fans. Yeah. Um, I don't collect sets either. I used to collect sets. Uh, now I just collect for what I can get signed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, what was your deal? You you have one Japanese card, one rookie card, and what was the other thing? Of what? Don't don't you have like you want to get three of each person if it's available like a jet one like stardom card? Oh, okay, no. So my my thing that I like to do is I'm I'm big on if a wrestler has cards from different promotions, I want to get those signed, and if they have cards um, different gimmicks, um, or like different countries even. So like for instance, Mick Foley is one of my favorites. I have a. Mick Foley, uh, FMW, uh, Japan card. So yep. these are all signed. So I have a Cactus Jack FMW Japan card signed. I have a WCW magazine from 1993 Cactus Jack card 
signed. Yeah, rookie. Yeah. I have his TNA Impact Mick Foley card signed, and he signs it as Cactus Jack or Mick Foley or whatever his character is. And then from WWF, I have a Dude Love Mankind Cactus Jack and Mick Foley cards all signed by their gimmick names. So that's my obsession. With getting now, the let me, how many people sign, you know, as you give them all like the four cards, does he just sign them in the different gimmick names or do you ask them? I ask. Okay. I, I usually, I always ask. So like if I am meeting the person and if I'm, if I'm doing it in person, yep. uh, I, I ask the only time someone hasn't signed it with their gimmick name was uh, Shane Douglas. And I had a Dean Douglas card from WWE magazine when he was in WWF. And I, I asked one. him to sign that as Dean Douglas. And he said, no, he wouldn't. And then he gave me some carny story about only ever signing Dean Douglas autograph once. And he's never going to do it again and blah, blah, blah. But he signed it Shane Douglas, which is whatever. That's fine. I'm not going to fight him over it, obviously. Um, But like, go ahead. Oh, I was just that. that, That's interesting. Why wouldn't he want to sign Dean Douglas? That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. If I mail cards to a wrestler, I always mail them in a top loader and an envelope. Send myself a stamped envelope. I write a letter. You know, I talk about favorite parts of their career or whatever and i ask them to sign the fronts of the card excuse me ask them to sign the front of the card and if it's in different gimmicks i ask them to sign it as their different gimmick you know like um and i have about a 75 percent return rate where i get the cards back signed and then 25 percent of the time I, i nothing comes so it's you know to me it's 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 something i enjoy doing i love opening my mailbox and seeing like you know, a, a, uh, you know an envelope that I wrote on, so I know it's a card that I got back in the mail, and I try not to look at the the uh, the, the, the postage stamp on it because I don't want to know. I want it to be a mystery until I open it up and see who it is inside. Yep. You know, yep. like I just That's... got back Boss Rutten yesterday, and oh, wow. uh, he had wrote he had put his return address on the envelope, so I saw that. I'm like, oh, Boss Rutten, nice. And from Boss Rutten, I got two cards signed. And he sent me a little letter as well. Indeed. Uh, I got uh, a UFC Octagon of Honor card sign that came out in Tops from 19, sorry, from 2010. And yep. it's it's an old picture of him with a UFC heavyweight championship and it's post-fight. He's a little beat up. And then the yeah. other card I got signed was a, uh, a 2000, you know, BBM card from Japan from when he was in Pancrase. Gotcha. Gosh, yeah. see, you know, when you bring up the Japan, I, I think about, because I'm kind of on an ECW kick of late, and I yeah. own that Japanese set, that 10-card or 9-card set of ECW back in 2010, Mike. I own that. I bought it for 20-some dollars on eBay. I sold it for 100 bucks, and I thought I was like, oh, my gosh, and now you don't even see those. I know. No, I I saw it on eBay several years, and I didn't pull the trigger on it. Yep. And I, I always wish I would have, because I have yep. not seen it. Set. And I would love to have that set because my favorite cards to get signed are the and I actually have is the NWA Wonderama cards from '88. Yep. I love those signed, and the uh, the WWF. Top set from 86. Okay. I'm questioning myself. 
stand out like that, you know. Um, hold on. You know, 85, right. the 85 top set. Oh, the 85, okay, yep. Uh, yeah, the 85 top set and then the 85 Opeachy, which is the same set, but Opeachy did a Series 2. Yep. 85, and that's one that I got the Jake Roberts card signed, and I got all the Tony Atlas's signed, and the Terry Punk, and I got a bunch of those signed. Um, that's cool. And then my other favorite cards to get signed are the ECW trading cards that came with the action figures in 2000. That's funny you brought that up, man. That's my those, those are my uh, that's my latest thing I'm going for, man. The yeah. sticker and, uh, Husker have. The only ones that the, the okay. So if you go on Husker halves and you go yep. down to stickers and you click on the ECW, he has the stickers. But if you scroll down to the bottom, he's selling the cards as well. He's got one card. He's got Chris. But all he has left is a Chris Candy. Yeah, but yep. I just I just and, bought stickers from him probably three days ago. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I buy a lot of stuff off Husker Habs as well. So oh uh, it was it was funny when he was in Alaska. It took forever to get stuff, but now that he lives down in what St. Louis, I think it is, it shows up pretty quick. Well, cripes, uh, um, some of the some of the prices he has, you, you gotta if you bought those, it'd be crazy because like my my biggest pickup of the last you know few months is I got a '93 Jericho CMLL. And on his yes, I saw that. Yes, on his website, he sold one for twenty five bucks. <laughs> I did yeah. not pay twenty five dollars. Well, I saw, I saw that card on eBay. Some guy in Australia has one, uh, oh. and I don't know if that's who you bought from, but it one, was. It's like seventeen hundred dollars. Well, he he, so. he told me he had. One of them, and I bought the first one. It ended at like four in the morning on a Sunday, and then he put put that other one up there at some outrageous price. And he was was just shocked at how many messages he got um, wanting my card. And yeah, it was thirty days of waiting for that with the pandemic and stuff like that. Thirty days. Yeah. Yeah. So that I know that's a great card. That's a set I'd love to have. Fucking uh, Triple A just released a set that Panini put out, Panini Mexico, of their yeah. cards. And I have been trying. I have exhausted all my sources. I've been trying to find those cards, and I can't find them anywhere. And when Panini was selling them on their website out of Mexico, they were they were dirt cheap. And I just I messaged them repeatedly. I tried to buy them, but they wouldn't ship to the U.S. And Armin got a box, and he didn't get any doubles in his box, unfortunately. Um, I would love to find those. Hey, when you say is Armin wrestling card 18 on Twitter. What was that? Is Armin uh, wrestling card 18 on Twitter, Mike? Yes, that is. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Okay. I, I didn't know his first name, but yeah, he, I seen he had a box or something, didn't he? Yes, he got a box, and he didn't get any doubles that I that he didn't he didn't get any doubles in there. He didn't get a complete set either, which sucks. Um, he's he uh, supposed to have a second box coming because he bought two boxes off the person when he bought, and he got one first. The other one seems to be getting hung up. So, but yeah, no, I'm actually met Armin in New York last year. 
were down there for WrestleCon weekend. Gotcha. He's a nice so he's guy. A good guy. Yeah, he's a real nice guy. Well, yeah, he, um, uh, he got oh, me. Yes. Um, he got me a WrestleCade Tessa Blanchard signed, uh, and all he wanted in return was send him an unsigned one back, though, so he has the whole set again. Super nice guy. Yeah, that's Armand, all right. Oh. Oh, that's exactly who he is. Yeah. No, I, you know, um, I, I pick, I have a bunch of stardom cards that I got, you know, different, like, um, oh, the Joshi, Joshi, Joshi city shop. Yep. Yep. I bought some stardom cards off of him in the past and, and everything, but man, those are those Panini ones. You can find the stickers all over eBay, but you can't find the cards. Yep. So I keep looking for them. Yeah. No, stardom cards, I, I dabble in that a little bit. Do you know if Tessa Blanchard had a certified autograph in that or no? No, she did not. Okay. Okay. I don't think she's ever had a certified autograph before. No, I, I have I have the stardom card I got from you. I got the WrestleCade autograph, and I have yeah. an all-in autograph of hers. Nice. Yeah, I just have the two stardom cards that I still have. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and... I have some other cards of hers I'd like to get signed, but I haven't seen her. When I went to WrestleCon last year, um, the couple of times where she was supposed to be signing, she wasn't out there. So, because yep. uh, I was going to try and get some some stuff signed, but that's well, all right. You know, First time I met her was she didn't have any cards out then, and then the last two times she's been at Limitless, you know, I managed to get some stuff signed at different times, and it's funny because I had double of those stardom cards and I gave them to her and she was super pumped about it because every time I give someone, I, I present someone with a stardom card and this has happened with uh, um, Tessa, with Jessica Havoc, with um, Thunder Rosa. Uh, every yep. time I, I present one to them to ask them to sign it for me, they all say like that none of them knew about the cards or, or they did but they didn't have any or they didn't get any or yeah. stardom never said anything like you know, because it's not like stardom, they did didn't never ask them to, to release the cards or anything. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. Well, those, those so. cards are weird, man. Like once a year, you know, like once they come out, man, they dry up so fast. Yeah, they do. They dry, you know, so. dry up extremely fast. I still have some I'm sitting on that I'm hoping to get signed someday from different wrestlers. So like Nicole Savoy, uh, Chelsea Green, Bree Priestley, Kelly Klein, Mindy Leone. Off the top of my head, I have several others. Hopefully, you know, I can't, someday. Um, I can't wait for like B Priestley to get back in the states. You know, I think once she spends some more time in AEW, I think a lot of people will like her wrestling. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, Limitless has put out some great sets that I was fortunate enough to get, like, um, Chris Statlander signed both of her cars from sets one and two. And I think she's another one that's going to be a, a megastar in, in the world of wrestling. Yep. Yep. And, and speaking of limitless cards, I bought, I think, six or eight packs from, you know, the website when Series 2, when they came out. And, man, the quality they put into those cards is, yeah. is phenomenal, man. Well, have you seen my Anthony Green cards I put up on the website? Yeah. My blog? I have. Okay, so Anthony, the guy that that made the green cards makes Lilith cards as well. Oh, wow. And he makes some cards from other indie, indie workers as well. So, I mean, 
Yeah, he does. Those are some great high quality cards. There, that was those are super fun to open. Yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, I also felt fortunate because I managed to get MJF to sign a couple of cards back when he before he charges. You know, the absorbent prices he's charging now cost me five dollars. No, really? Wow. Yeah. See, when was when that I a little all, bit of a show? When when I went to All In, Mike, two years ago, I, I had the plan to go there, and I was thinking that, that once, like, the initial line got through for these, like Kenny Omega or somebody, that I would just walk up to him and pay his yeah. fee and get his autograph. But that my plan extremely backfired. <laughs> oh, backfired. I, I didn't realize how big these guys were. And yeah, it, that, that wasn't going to work. Yeah, no, it's Kenny Omega is one. I, I saw him wrestle at an indie show here in Maine back in 2010, maybe, or five. No, not five, 10, nine. I don't know. It was early, early, early in his career. Um, he hadn't yep. even been to Japan yet. Um, oh, wow. Um, but otherwise, I've never seen him wrestle live since then, which sucks. Uh, yep. He's a guy I'd love to meet. He's one of my favorites active right now. Uh, when I went to WrestleCon, the one line, there was two lines that were enormous. One was Ric Flair. Yep. He was only there signing like one day. His line was just astronomical. But the Iron Sheik, he was signing every, every single day. His line was enormous every really? single day. And it just never seemed to end. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I love his Twitter, man. I love his Twitter. Yeah, I was shocked how big that line was. So okay. talking about your car, you're passionate about collecting the getting that. The, what is your favorite card that you have? Oh, geez, my favorite card. I mean, uh, you know, the the Ricochet one one is pretty cool. The Vince McMahon autograph is really neat to me, although his autograph isn't the greatest anymore. I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna bring that up. Isn't it amazing how some people, they sign a card and it looks so great and it's legible, if you will. And, you know, they like took time and care and you can actually read their signature and it's a complete name. And then you have others like Velveteen Dream who basically puts a check mark. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. I mean, like Vince, Vince McMahon, who does VM. Yes. Vince does a little more than a check mark, but not much. You know, and he, he only signed, I mean, I believe it was like 55 total of them. Why can't you sign it a little better? But. He's Vince McMahon. He's going to do what he wants, yeah. man. So. Yeah, but no, I, I hear you. Um, you know, probably the Vince is probably my top one or the ultimate warrior. I mean, back in 1990, going back to where we started, I was I was a warrior guy, man. Yeah. So, I mean, Bobby Heenan, the greatest, you know, manager I, I feel personally. I mean, uh, Razor Ramon. You have a yeah. I have a Heenan WCW autograph. Oh, from that. Okay, I have, I have a Heenan WWF card from that Tops eighty five set signed yep. by Heenan, and I have a WCW announcers card. It's him and Larry Zabisco, and I actually got them both to sign that one at different that, times. But so that's those are my Bobby. I love the dual. I love the dual signed stuff or the triple signed stuff. That's cool. Um, 
my the card I have the most signatures on is a card. It's an NW Wonder Armor card. I have it signed by Mr. Number One, Paul Jones, Ivan Koloff, the Barbarian, and Warlord. All four of them have signed it. That's cool. Are they all on the card too? Yeah, they're all on the card. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then and then I have three people that have signed. I have a couple cards with three people signed, like uh, Jimmy Garvin, Precious, and Tommy Young signed. An NW- I have all of them signed on an NWA card. And then um, Headbangers and Two Cold Scorpio. Gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. The only duel I have is a Hall and Nash custom uh, WCW autograph card, and they both signed it. I don't have anything signed by either one of them. Actually, speaking of that, my, I just picked up on eBay oh, a couple weeks ago now a uh, Scarlet and Killer Cross dual sign. Oh, what, what card is it's, that it's, one? It's a custom card. Um, a guy in Vegas was selling it and right after his debut, and I was like, that debut, man, that was so cool. Oh, that the entrance of theirs was awesome. I was hoping Killer Cross would once he got out of that Lucha Underground contract, I would do some indie tours first, but yep. you know, it is what it is. I have a couple of cards sent by Scarlet. Yep. Yeah, I wish you would have made an indie run too, man. Yeah, that would have been awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, the only like um Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, he, I mean, he is just, he is, he has all the pedigree to be something, something special. And I hope they don't ruin it. You know? Yeah. No. So I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Yes. Yes. So he most certainly does have the pedigree to be awesome. They could yep. definitely, they could mess it up. I could see it, but we'll see what happens. Like, Yep, we'll see. Yes, I, I mean that entry. Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. Well, it was really nice chatting with you tonight. Hey, it was fun. I know Mike. I told you about forty-five minutes, but we went a little over. Yeah, that's all right. It was fun. Uh, do you want to throw your Twitter handle out there so people can uh, share in the your collection when you post up things? Hey, no problem. Um, I'm at Bass Pro B A S S P R O K V D. That's my Twitter handle, Bass Pro KVD. Awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you uh, you being on. Uh, the format I'm sure I'm changing it up a little bit. I want to have a wrestling podcast show uh, up with fans, for fans, who are Sounds like good. me, fans of cool. wrestling. And um, I, think, I think it makes it fun. So I appreciate it. Hey, it was a good hour, whatever, whatever we ran. It was fun talking wrestling, man.